This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Mark Sheldon, who covers the Reds for MLB.com. Mark, we are now a few days away from winter meetings. The Reds are stirring the pot a little bit, which is exciting for you, I know, and for that team. And we're going to start with one of the biggest notes and um, I think just moments from last week was Billy Hamilton and um, his his contract was not tendered. So it's I feel like it wasn't such a huge surprise mark but I'm sure fans are probably a little confused so maybe the first thing we can talk about is why the Reds made the decision who's on their wish list now to fill his his speedy shoes and you know the president of baseball operations Dick Williams said it could go one of two ways so let's let's discuss why they did this and what some of the options are to fill his shoes yeah, I was a little surprised only because I know that Hamilton had endeared himself with ownership and there was some rumblings behind the scenes, never officially proven that uh, they were not keen on trading him in the years past when they could have moved him maybe and gotten something for him. Um, so in that sense, I was a little surprised. But at the same time, his numbers have been declining for offensively for years and he kind of really bottomed out in a lot of ways this past year. He, he batted ninth again most of the year. He only hit 230-something. His 299 on-base percentage was right on par with uh, what he did um, in his past years as an on-base percentage. But the, uh, one of the big drop-offs was his stolen base dropped off to 34 after he'd been in the 50s for the previous four years. And uh, quite frankly, his salary is going through the roof. Uh, he was made $4.6 million this past year. He's going to get more of that going into arbitration headed into the, you know later in this winter. And the Reds didn't feel like a guy with a barely above zero uh, war was going to be worth that kind of money. So they decided to move on and, and non-tender. Okay. All right. So there we go. So so that spells that out. So also, you had the chance, Mark, to talk to a lot of different guys at Reds Fest last week. How was Reds Fest, by the way? It was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, obviously an odd way to start Reds Fest. I got that word that that was coming down just as I was driving to the convention center. So that was an odd gear shift for me, but it was fine and got it covered. But the, uh, the yeah, overall, the players were in good spirits. Almost everyone was there on the active roster with the wow. exception of Homer, Scooter Jeanette, and I think Kurt Casale. And it always gets a good turnout. The fans are usually very enthusiastic, and the Reds do a fantastic job on on really turning that convention center into a Reds uh, wonderland, so to speak. That's awesome. I, I love that, that they go all out for that and for their fans. And another guy, I know I saw a bunch of photos of Joey Votto with fans hanging out. Um, Mark, he just kind of spoke about with you that he wasn't 
too happy with his 2018 season. He posted an OPS over 800, but he he said that he wasn't um, he wasn't 100% in the way like a conditioning type way that he he wants himself to be. And so now he has a few ideas of how he can get back to that MVP contention type type uh, way for Joey Votto, right? Yeah. He- Funny, he, he led the, like you said, he had an over 800 OPS. He led the league in uh, on base percentage again for like the seventh time. But for him, that was just not a season. He said he felt really out of sync with his game. He felt a step behind most of the year. And he used the terminology that he kind of felt like he was, uh, you know, kind of trudging through mud uh, throughout the season. And that wasn't himself. So he's usually he likes to focus on an area, a specific area to really work on and a couple years ago was his defense after that had slipped a year ago he wanted to work on base running because he really felt like that was kind of hampering him and then this offseason he's, con- he's kind of focusing on two things conditioning and back to the basics of his hitting uh that's the that's his bread and butter uh he doesn't obviously go into a lot of details about what he does to prepare because he likes to keep that on the down low but he uh yeah he just really thinks he he, he was like 90 nine percent ready last season he didn't feel like he was like you know skating through the last year's offseason but he wants to be like 99.99 percent ready and he's going to do everything he can and then he's going to work on some hitting and try to reclaim some of the numbers that he that dropped last year he only had 12 home runs which is really low he went two months at one point without a home run and uh and his average was below 300 which is well off of his normal uh career so uh, we'll see what he can do and Certainly, the Reds would love to have Joey Votto be back to the guy that almost won an MVP in 2017. Yeah, and I, I love that he he wants to fight for that too. I think is he 36 years old, Mark? Is that what I read? 35. So yeah, 35. He turned 35. Sorry, Joey. <laughs> 35 years old and and still has this passion um, to be in top form and and make sure that he's game ready. I think that's really cool. Another guy, Mark, you had a chance to catch up with Nick Senzel, the Reds' number one prospect, number six overall on MLBPipeline.com, and he kind of learned a new position during the fall instructional league, ironically here. So now there's chatter about him potentially taking over for Billy Hamilton. It's possible. It still remains to be seen. There's a lot of things that could happen this off season. They're going to be looking for center fielders on the trade or free agent markets, and they're going to look at it. But what they did in the off season after Senzel recovered from a, a fractured index finger, uh, they wanted him to get some reps not only at bats, but they want him to get some reps in the outfield for him in center field and left field. So he went to the instructional league and worked with a uh, former Reds great and current instructor, uh, Eric Davis. And he said that that went really well and he got you know acclimated to it. And he felt like he had some pretty good practice out there. And, you know, the more reps, he obviously will get more comfortable, but it went pretty well. And now he's kind of preparing himself to somehow, some way open the season in the opening day 25-man roster in the big leagues, which is where he probably should have been if he hadn't been injured so much uh, last season. Uh, and really what he envisions and maybe what the club also kind of sees is kind of a another version of what Chris Bryant does for the Cubs. He's a third baseman like Senzel came up as, and certainly he's blocked at third base by uh, Suarez. But Senzel can play third base, second base, shortstop, and now he's got a taste of center field and left field. So that's – some opportunities there. It's five positions, uh, a lot of opportunities to get the mark. A lot of teams are kind of going to now they're using guys in whatever way they need on a certain night, whatever lineup is going to get you that W 
they're going to do. And I think that's really cool. And so Senzel wants, he wants to make that roster and maybe this is the way he does it. Maybe he doesn't stay there, but whatever it takes, he's going to do it. And he's going to be the utility guy that a lot of other teams are shifting to. So I, I, I like that move a lot. Mark, you had a chance to also talk to Senzel about the surgery that he had in mid-October, not the one that we were just previously talking about. Um, so let's take a listen to what he had to say about that surgery. How's the elbow coming? First? Yeah, no, elbow's good. Uh, it was six weeks Tuesday. And it was supposed to be a six-week recovery. So, uh, you know, it's getting there. I'm probably, I'd say probably at 90%. Um, I get to start doing baseball activity here and the next week or so, I'll, I'll go down to Arizona. I'll go over to Arizona here in the next week. I go to my house there and uh, start swinging by the end of the month. So, do you think the injury derailed what would be your normal offseason, or do you think you can catch up pretty quickly? Uh, I wouldn't say derailed. It just I had to adjust a little bit. You know, I just got cleared for the weight room 100% two weeks ago, so I just tried to make catch up, make catching up there. So, I mean, it's I've had to adjust uh, for sure. What was your experience like? You got to taste left field a little bit and maybe a couple times in center field, but what, what was your feelings about how that went? I thought it went good. I thought, I mean, uh, you know, ED uh, hit it off great. I've actually, I've, I mean, obviously I've known him for uh, since I've gotten and to be in this organization. He makes it as simple as possible. So, um, you know, we, we work together every day and, uh, you know, I was... Uh, mainly in center and you know worked in left a little bit so I was the other way around okay. yeah I, so, I mean it was it was good it was it was great practice you know obviously I didn't get in many games but I mean you know the more reps out there the, 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 the more comfortable I was what was the uh, the hardest thing about it and what was the thing that you really felt like you you kind of got the hang of during the time you did it uh, I don't know I mean you know sometimes when you, you know when you're a younger player you go out there and screw around and take fly balls and uh, I didn't. I thought it was fun. I, I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed just kind of, you know, taking uh, balls off the bat and, and, and different reads and the individual, uh, you know, different turns and angles. I'd probably say just like the different angles. You know, it's, uh, you know, you have to cover a lot more ground. You got to, you know, anticipate the ball being out of spot. Uh, you know, just and just stuff like that. So, obviously, there's a. You'll be a new center fielder next season with Billy not coming back. Uh, how much would you like to compete for that spot if it's open to you? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to compete for any spot. Right? I mean, I don't really know the plan, and uh, I'm sure we'll sit down and talk, and you know, my agent, and you know, we'll talk uh, you know, with uh, Dick, Nick, and and uh, you know, the, the the new staff and the manager on where they think that uh, I'll be. But uh, you know, if it's center field, it's center field. It's left field, it's left field. If it's kind of uh, all over the place to get some guys some days days off just so I can get in the lineup and get some at-bats, I mean, um, you know, it would be that, so I'm excited. So you can see yourself doing kind of what Chris Bryant does? Yeah, yeah. I, th three or four I, positions. I think that's probably what it'll end up with be. I don't think I'll be in a certain spot, in, in, a, in a set spot the whole year. Um, I just hopefully I can break, break camp with them, and if not, be up soon. So. Okay, Mark, what were your takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, I really thought, number one, he was really in a positive frame of mind outlook. He seems a lot more comfortable with his place in the organization. And, you know, here's a guy who battled vertigo, had a finger surgery and an elbow surgery all in 2018. And he still feels like he hasn't gotten too far behind. He was able to start lifting a couple of weeks ago. He's hoping to begin hitting at the end of the month. 
And he just has a really good positive frame frame of mind that he wants to make the team. And no matter how it happens, whether it's in center field, uh, whether it's in left field, whether it's in the infield, that's his goal. So he'll see what happens. A lot's going to obviously change, you know, look and see what happens when they who they acquire uh, in the offseason, whether it's in pitching or center field. Uh, and that might dictate what ends up happening with uh, Senzel. Yeah, and a, a piece of the puzzle to figure that out is David Bell. And he finally had a chance to meet his coaches, see some of the faces of this team. And he's kind of just getting hes just getting that first chance to do that. What's he cooking up? Yeah, he's been uh, – it's been interesting because he – like you said, during Reds Fest, they only named their coaching staff on uh, last Wednesday, and then they were all at Reds Fest together on Friday. So they were finally having their meetings as a whole entire unit. They met the players as they trickled in, and um, a lot of players came away impressed. But what's really been interesting about David Bell since he got hired is that he's taken an office upstairs with the with the baseball operations staff during the offseason besides his office in the clubhouse – and he's been in on all the conversations, all the planning. Uh, he went out to the general manager's meetings with Dick Williams so that he could negotiate directly with uh, the coaches they ended up hiring and be involved in those conversations. So he's got really his uh, his fingers in a lot of different areas of the of the club, and he's kind of rowing in the same direction. It was uh, so he's been very interested in in catching up to speed with how the organization operates, and I would imagine he'll definitely be. Uh, a main guy talking to some of the free agents they end up you know, trying to bring in. Absolutely. And he's going to be a guy who I'm sure will be in Las Vegas as well for the winter meetings. So there's a laundry list, Mark, of work to do now. Filling Billy Hamilton's spot, adding to the rotation. We talked about how they don't want just one, but two guys uh, in that rotation potentially starting. So they've got, they've got this list. What's, what's at the very top? What's the first thing they've, they've got to try to get done? Pitching for sure, because what they're what Dick Williams told me was <clears throat> they'll look at pitching and what they do in center field will largely depend on how much they spend on pitching. If they are able to get pitchers for an inexpensive price or, they're, or if they're already under contract for not that much, they can maybe go a little bit bigger with center field and maybe look at he didn't say the name specifically, but you could look at the upper echelon guys like Adam Jones or Andrew McCutcheon or uh, A.J. Pollock. Uh, but if they do go kind of high on the pitching, then they may have to get a different type of center fielder. So we'll see what happens. And they haven't closed the door entirely on Hamilton. They could bring him back if uh, he's at yeah. a lower price and the clubs could uh, pass on him. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, like John Morosi today actually uh, wrote a story that uh, the Reds are apparently talking to the Indians about Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber. And so we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, some of the other rumors in the past haven't been all that accurate. Apparently the Dallas Keuchel rumor was a, was not accurate. And uh, so the Reds are going to be involved on somebody. And I would not be shocked if it happens during the winter meetings. All right, Mark, this is getting fun. This is the part that I like. So I'm super excited about Vegas. You'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. We will be recording another podcast so everyone can be kept up to date on what's going on in the adventures in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Mark Sheldon, I appreciate your time and your knowledge as always. Thank you, Danny. Take it easy. All right. With Mark Sheldon, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 